Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Could officially move on to answering that. Um, being a part of or getting the opportunity to be a part of such a illustrious organization such as the Boston Celtics, man, I grew up watching so many different films. And I asked Danny of, um, when we were at a dinner uh, if I could get a few of his VHS tapes <laughs> from those championship uh, runs that they had. Um, Stone and tablets. <laughs> all those. And... Um, um, when, when you have the uh, the unique opportunity of having special people and being a part of an organization like this, and um, they do everything possible in order to put themselves out there to make such a, a great thing happen, um, you're just appreciative, and I'm grateful. And I can't wait to get on the floor and uh, to maximize my potential. I just want to be around those incredible coaches and those incredible minds and incredible individuals. And I felt like um, in doing that, uh, Boston came right at the exact time and it was meant to be that way so I trust in that and um, I'm glad to be here Glad to have you aboard, Kyrie. I don't know about you guys, but uh, I can't wait for opening day. It's only September 3rd. And with that, we welcome you to episode 226 of Celtics Beat on CLNS here on Sunday, September 3rd, the first Sunday of September 2017. Evan Valenti with you here this week, filled in for Larry H. Russell. And if you missed the entire press conference, and folks, I understand, okay, press conferences, they can be boring, they can be mundane, they can be a waste of time. But this one for my money, was worth the price of admission. You can find that entire press conference on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube.com, type in CLNS, right into the search bar. The entire press conference is there waiting for you to watch. Shout out to my guy, Liam Leahy, who is not only a monster part of our video editing team at CLNS and has worked on a ton of our Celtics Roundtable video cast and saved my ass not, uh, multiple times already. We haven't had that many video casts yet. But he's the guy behind the camera shooting the entire thing. Great job on his part, and the rest of the guys that were there covering the press conference is a part of CLNS. Our founder, of course, Nick Gelso, uh, Mike Petralia, you had Jimmy Toscano there, you had Jared Weiss there, all in in, in, in attendance uh, watching this thing, asking questions. And before we really get into the, into this podcast, which is sponsored by FanDuel, by the way, try FanDuel for free right now. Go to FanDuel.com backslash Celtics Beat for a free entry, no deposit required. That's right. You can win money this upcoming week just by going to FanDuel. Com backslash Celtics speak, and that's for free, free money potentially in your pocket. 
But before we get into part one of this thing, make sure you stick around for my discussion with Southwick shooting guard wing player Admiral Nader. We're going to talk a lot about his first season with the main Red Claws, becoming the second Egyptian in the history, Egyptian-born NBA player in the history of the league, and his exit meeting with Coach Stevens and GM Danny Ainge. But one thing about this press conference that was really interesting to me, and, I, and it's interesting to a ton of people, and a lot of people made light of this, you've seen the memes everywhere, you've seen Celtics Reddit, blow up with this. You've seen Celtics Twitter blow up with this. There already seems to be a really nice connection, a friendly connection, if you will, between Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving, which is important to me. Like, I want my two guys, my two, you know, the two guys, if if I'm Danny Ainge, if I'm Brad Stevens, I want my two best players to be comrades off the court and on the court. And it seems like these guys are at least amicable off the court as of right now. And I believe it was Gordon Hayward during the press conference shed some light on this. During Gordon Hayward's restricted free agency visits, you know, he went and visited with Charlotte. He went and visited with Cleveland. And during his time there, Kyrie thought it would be really cool if these two guys could team up and play together. There was an, an obvious attraction there. Kyrie, a young point guard starting to find his way in the middle of 2014. Gordon Hayward thinking he's, you know, maybe turning into something a little bit better than he's shown in Utah. Of course, LeBron comes in, squashes the whole thing. But now Boston reaps the benefit of this attraction, this connection between these two guys. I got to tell you, folks, again, I couldn't be more excited about this upcoming season when the star power the Celtics have now recently acquired. And, you know, again, we're not going to harp on this entire press conference, but there are a couple things that really did stick out to me. And basically the first thing that hits you right in the face, whether you're watching the press conference or you're watching him with Kyle Draper and Brian Scalabrini during the Comcast thing, or if you watched his take with Mark and Amanda, the overall excitement of Kyrie Irving to be in Boston, I thought was just completely obvious right off the jump. He looked like sort of refreshed, right? And it's hard to be like, you know, you go from playing in three consecutive NBA finals and now you want some other challenge. Like, what other challenge do you need? But it seems like Kyrie has been energized by this new challenge. You know, he talked about perfecting his craft on and off the floor and how he wants to be a better player, how he can be a better leader, all this stuff. I just want a guy, a guy with a lot of talent that wants to be in Boston, who wants to learn from Brad Stevens, who wants to learn from Danny Ainge and everything the Celtics have to offer. And Kyrie definitely seems like he fits that mold. Like, you know, you want guys to, to want to play in Boston, to, to carry the banner, so to speak. And because Boston fans, maybe more than anybody else, this fan base really appreciates the respect for tradition of the Boston Celtics, right? Wick comes out right away. It's one of the first thing that he says. He's right off the bat talks about how the Celtics have enjoyed a winning tradition since 1943, right? Or, ni- or 19, 1946. My bad on that. That's what he says when he first comes out right onto the stage. You know, you'd hear about it from other guys. And what some of the things that really impressed me about the younger guys when they first came through, like Marcus Smart, when he first came through, was astounding to hear a 20 year old talk about the tradition of being a Boston Celtic and how excited he was to be a part of that tradition. This Ditto for Jalen Brown. Ditto for Jason Tatum. Like, these guys all get it. And that's very important. If you come in and respect the guys that have come before you the way these guys have and add Kyrie and Gordon Hayward to that particular uh, conversation, you automatically win some of the respect of the Boston Celtics fan base, right? Then you go on the floor and you and you perform. Then you're a fan. Fa- that's, that's really all it takes. We're not... In terms of being a Boston Celtics fan, we're not that difficult to understand, folks. Come in and respect the people that have been there and then go out and perform. If you do those two things, we're going to go bananas over you. I think Kyrie, you know, when you look at 
what it might be. And it was interesting to kind of watch this dynamic between him and Gordon during the press conference. It's pretty obvious. And I think a little bit of this is because we've already sort of heard from Gordon during the teleconference, like what feels like 18 years ago. But we already heard from Gordon Hayward a little bit. But it seemed like during this press conference, some of the questions, the way they were phrased, the way they were uh, delivered to Kyrie, it seemed like the the rest of the public is already deeming Kyrie the face of the franchise, the leader, if you will. So if, you, if you're if you Kyrie, you come out and you embrace the tradition of being a Boston Celtic. You go out there and perform like crazy, you know, as we all think he will be. You guys think Isaiah Thomas was popular. Kyrie is already a megastar. I mean, you, you got used to seeing the IT4 jerseys out there, in, you know, in the audience and in the, in the stands. Get ready to see a sea of Kyrie jerseys all over the place, especially the younger fans. I mean, Kyrie shoes on rec center gymnasium floors all throughout New England. This is going to be, a, I think, a beautiful marriage between the Boston Celtics and Kyrie Irving. I'm super excited. And a lot of people come out and been like, oh, and including people on my own podcast, Celtics Roundtable, which is the second shameless plug I've put in this particular podcast. But people have talked about how this might not be a win for Boston. Oh, they gave up too much stuff. Look, Kyrie wants to spread his wings, okay? That shouldn't be everybody, whatever you do in life, regardless of what you do, if you think you're capable of more and you think that this, if you can find a way to, to show that you're worth more, don't you go out and take that risk, right? You want to go out there and prove to the world that whatever you do, whatever your occupation is, if you think you're one of the best people at it, don't you want to make sure other people know that, right? Kyrie can't necessarily do that with LeBron. Now, he gets a lot of credit for how, how successful Cleveland has been. And I don't want to think people that – a lot of people do credit Kyrie Irving for his Cleveland success the past couple of years. But Kyrie thinks he is capable of more. And even if you think like, – because the people that don't like this trade think that Kyrie somehow isn't capable of giving you more than he already has. And even if you think there is a chance he might not, that means there is a chance he might. And if there's a chance he might be already better than he currently is, a guy that has gone out there on the biggest stages in the NBA, NBA Finals games, where he's brought Cleveland all the way back. He scored 40-plus points in multiple NBA Finals games. He's had crazy, crazy nights right against one of the best teams in NBA history, the Golden State Warriors, the past three years. He has gone out there and had huge games. And even if you think there might not be a chance he could get better, isn't it worth the risk in itself to find out if he can be better? Like if it, it, worse comes to worse, like he's like the same player he was in Cleveland. That's still a pretty good player, as people have called. And Bill Simmons said the other day, this guy is unguardable. Kevin Durant said on Bill's podcast, this guy is unguardable. Wouldn't you want to have that kind of guy in your roster? And just in case he gets a little bit better, wouldn't you want to reap the benefits of that? I know people have this attraction to the Brooklyn pick, but this is a known commodity in the NBA who's only 25 years old and can still get better. I would take a risk on that 20 times out of 20, 30 times out of 30, just to see what might be beyond what we already know from Kyrie Irving. And in terms of like what we know from Kyrie Irving, what we're projecting from Kyrie Irving, there's already already stories all over the internet about how Kyrie is the next Kobe Bryant. Can Kyrie be the next Kobe? Well, in terms of talent, I sure hope so. Kobe Bryant's one of the best players to ever play the game. He's an assassin. He's the Black Mamba. He has torn out more hearts than most NBA players the past 25, 30 years. 
And I would love if Kyrie has that kind of talent in him. I think he does. I think I, even Kyrie looks up to Kobe Bryant. He's mentioned that. He mentioned one of the first things he want to do with Team USA is learn from Kobe Bryant, take Kobe Bryant one on one. And Kobe kind of was like, "All right, Kyrie, get out of here." But now, as an older, and I, it's hard to say, man, because only twenty five years old. But as an older man, Kyrie's like, "Come on, Kobe, bring it on," which I love. The only thing that I wish that you know, in terms of being the next Kobe, I hope that Kyrie's a better teammate than Kobe. Okay, Kobe was not the best teammate. And he was so good and so maniacal that it didn't even matter. But I would hope that if you're going to try and project the next Kobe Bryant on him, there's like a little addendum that says, yeah, but he was a way better teammate than Kobe Bryant ever was. And with that last song, I want to tell you guys before we get into Admiral Nader, you know, shooting guard, wing player for the Boston Celtics, I want to tell you guys about FanDuel. Fantasy football fans, listen up. I know you're excited. On the season right on the corner, the Patriots is coming up. The wait is nearly over. Football is back, which means FanDuel is back. Fantasy football for everyday fans, new contests that start every week, no busted seasons. You know, when you like, let's say you're a Patriots fan and you drafted Julian Edelman high in your league, whatever. Guess what? Your season could be sunk, depending on how you decide to build the rest of your roster. With FanDuel, it's never busted. New games every single week makes life a lot easier, I think, for everybody involved, right? And right now, you can sign up today for FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com. Click the Join Now button and use our promo code CELTICSBEAT. Again, that's easy to do. A very own CELTICSBEAT listener league is going to start up, too, on week one, which is the week of the 10th. Join now. Go to FanDuel.com backslash CELTICSBEAT. And let me tell you something. If you're out there and you're playing fantasy football, let me give you a couple of tips. First and foremost, the Patriots are playing the Chiefs. I know people want to look at that, but guess what? There are better deals around the league. Look at Atlanta's going to play the Bears week one. You might want to look into Julio Jones or Matt Ryan or Devontae Freeman. You go down the list. Steelers are at the Browns. The Browns have had a decent defense, but I don't think they can cover Antonio Brown, which means a big day for Ben Roethlisberger. You see what I'm getting at? Maybe you want to double down on a quarterback-wide receiver combo. Just a thought. Just a heads up. That's what I like to do. But you guys do you. You try and figure out your own formula, and you can do it for free right now with no deposit required. Visit FanDuel.com to claim your free contest and play for a share of ten grand. Just sign up using the promo code CelticSpeed. That's FanDuel.com, promo code CelticSpeed, void where prohibited. And now, Admiral Nader. Diehard fans such as myself... We're kind of all dying for a little bit of basketball right now. We're in the middle of summer. Nothing's going on. I know people are excited for football season coming up, and believe me, I am too. But, you know, I'm just jonesing for some basketball. Are, are you the same way? Are you dying to get back on the floor again, or are you enjoying your time away from the game right now? I don't know. I'm definitely that time of year, you know. Um, season's about to start up. Uh, everybody's come, starting to trickle back into town, and um, it's exciting. Uh, we, we're going to have a great team this year. And uh, I'm 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 ready to go. I'm left up. How do you get your fix though? Because like I like for me like I, I without basketball I just go on deep dives on YouTube and I watch highlights constantly. Summer league, regular season, playoff games, whatever. Like what do you do to get your fix in to to, to keep, keep that you know that 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 passion going? You play like 2K or do you go play fives and, and play pick up with people? Go to the gym and work on your own thing. What do you do? Uh, usually I just go to the gym, work on my game, uh, get up extra shots when I can. Uh, I'm always thinking, I'm, I, I don't think I'll ever lose that passion. I always, I, I'm always trying to get better and want to be better, whether that's playing pickup or just working on the, uh, the game by myself. And, uh, so there's a couple ways to go about it. You working out with anybody this summer? Uh, players wise? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I worked out with a couple guys down in L.A., uh, Tony Snell, uh, James Ennis, um, Jalen Brown a little bit. Uh, I worked out with a couple guys. So, yeah, I played summer league and, yeah. How much more comfortable was summer league for you this year? You know, last year, you can understand it can be hard for some guys. You get drafted, you know, you're kind of trying to figure out what to do with your life at that point. Like, where do you go? Where do you move? How to get all that set up? Then you have to basically go get thrown into a, a team with a bunch of guys never played before. You don't have a lot of time to really get connected with these guys and gel with these guys. I would assume after having, you know, the regular season, having some time to yourself in the offseason, working on some stuff, that Summer League this year was a little bit easier for you, no? Yeah, definitely. Um, just knowing what to expect. Uh, last year, obviously, you, as a rookie coming in, uh, going into your first pro season, it's kind of just uh, you don't know what to expect, so you're just thrown into the fire. But um, just having that year of experience underneath my belt, having gone through summer league the year before, um, really helped me into the transition this year and just being more confident. The game uh, was appeared more slower to me. Uh, it, was, it was a lot easier to get going early. Yeah, take me through last year too, because again, that could be something that's kind of a whirlwind for some guys. You get drafted late in the in the draft, fifty-eight overall. You know, there's some debate over what contract you're gonna sign. You decide to sign with the main red clause. Must be a little nerve-wracking for you because there was no guarantee at the end of the tunnel, was there? Like after the end of the season with Maine, you know, you're still kind of up in limbo, hoping that you were impressive enough to impress Danny and the rest of the, the crew there to bring you on full time and to put you on the actual roster. Yeah, I mean, uh, there was a lot of pressure the whole time. I mean, um, even even when you do have guaranteed money or anything like that, nothing's ever truly guaranteed, you know. So you you always have to prove yourself for that next contract, for that next opportunity, whatever it is. And I'm uh, I've, I've learned that a long time ago, and I've just been uh, trying to prove myself time and time again ever since. If you look at the four year deal you got this summer, it must feel. Like an amazing feeling to give, like everything you worked hard for your entire life, right? Not just, not just with Maine, but with Iowa State, with Illinois State back in, you know, when you're in high school in Chicago, that, you know, all the work you've done to, you know, you keep telling yourself that you're going to make, you're going to make, you're going to make it. It must feel like that feeling of getting that contract in and signing your name on the line to say that you are now finally a Boston Celtic. That must be an insane feeling. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it, it's, it's an amazing feeling, and um, I'm extremely grateful to the Celtics organization for uh, taking a chance on drafting me and um, investing in me and, and my skill development and just my overall development as a person and player. And um, they've worked with me, and I mean, to credit to them as well, as much as me. Let's say, like, throughout the year, you're on the roster with everybody in the Celtics, and Let's just say, like, I'm I'm not picking on anybody. I'm just throwing out a hypothetical situation. But let's just say, like, Shemi Ojale comes to you. He's like, yeah, man, I just got sent to Maine. I'm a little bummed about it. I'm going to go play in the G League now. What are you telling a guy like Shemi or whoever that would happen to? What are you telling them about Maine and your experience in Maine to kind of perk their spirits up a little bit? Um, what I would tell a guy in that situation is um – to just try to challenge themselves, because uh, when, you, especially, I can't speak from experience as being an NBA player and coming down and playing the main. But um, I did play there for a whole year, and I understand it's, it's a grind uh, playing the D League. It's, it's different than playing in the NBA. Um, not just uh, uh, not just uh, not like just talking about on the court, but off the court, just having to travel to these uh, little towns and. Uh, a lot of excitement that basketball brings, 
uh, you don't get there, but it's your only statement. And um, that's, that's, that's what I would say, just to try to challenge yourself to get better every day. And if you take it as a challenge, uh, you'll get some positive out of it, and then you won't be there long. But um, some guys, they go down there, hang their head, and um, are, like, taking it as a punishment instead of taking it as a challenge to get better. And um, they end up staying there longer than they have to. Did you take it a challenge yourself as you were you brought down there to start your NBA career? You were like, man, I got to really step up my game here. Yeah, definitely. I wanted to make it very clear from the beginning that um, I was I was getting up to play in the NBA, and uh, I, I really just wanted to go and dominate in the D League. Because I knew if I did that, uh, everybody would clearly be able to see that I was an NBA player. You know, you're the second Egyptian in the history of the NBA to ever make it to the NBA, right? You have, and before we even dive into this, you ever sit and think to yourself, like, holy crap, I'm one of two people in the history of my country, in the history of this ridiculous league, to ever make it? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, that thought has come across my mind, but at the same time, um, I just try to take it as I'm a basketball player and um, not put any labels on it, so... Uh, that's how I look at myself. This is a basketball player. Do you travel back to Egypt a lot or no? Uh, not, not very often. I've been back uh, twice since I moved to the United States. Something you want to do maybe in the future? Like go back there, maybe set up some camps or something? Or is that just maybe a different part of yeah, your life? That... I, I, th- I think playing in, for the international teams is in, is in the plan somewhere, somewhere along the line. Now, if I'm wrong here, Abel, just correct me, but this is what I've been able to gather via research here. And seemed like you came to the United States when you were three years old, correct? Yeah, like almost, I think four, some, somewhere around there, yeah. All right, so you come to America when you're a young man, like, you know, young kid. Don't speak the language. You know, it, it's just it's just kind of inspiring to watch you come to a country, you don't know the language, you don't know the culture or anything. You're trying to figure out where you kind of belong in it as a very, very young kid. You know, going from that to making the Celtics roster must be a little rocky. How hard is it to assimilate to a culture that you really can't communicate with? Like you're trying to figure out where you belong, and yet you're looking at people around you and you have no idea what they're, what they're saying. How hard is that for you as a little kid? Uh, it was definitely hard. Um, it was it was hard for many reasons, like going to school, uh, making friends, just like learning, learning period, because. Uh, trying to read books uh, in a different language is really tough, you know. And um, so, I mean, I struggled at first, but uh, basketball was one of the biggest reasons. Uh, or one of the biggest, uh, or one of the biggest things that supported me in like learning English and and uh, the language because I I made friends through there. I started communicating with more people, uh, coming out of my comfort zone a little bit. And, um, yeah, kind of just got better that way. And then, obviously, with school and a bunch of speech classes. Yeah, I hear you on that. And looking towards your, your pro career now, you've had, you know, a year to learn under the Celtics' brain tree, right? You've you've been able to kind of be a part of their organization a little bit, not in terms of, like, Brad Stevens directly, but, uh, you know, some different trees and different avenues to kind of get to Brad. You know, how is this system and how is the coaching the Boston Celtics different than anything you've ever gone through? Um, 
Boston really wants to emphasize versatility and taking advantage of a lot of uh, mismatches. Like, literally, if you look at our roster right now, um, there's about, like, eight guys who are about six, seven, six, eight, and can play three, four positions on the floor. So I think that's uh, that's that's the that's the um, direction we're heading. Uh, be able to switch a lot on the defensive end. Um, yeah, basically. Obviously, I don't know the ins and the outs. Only Brad Stevens knows that. But um, yeah, I think the biggest thing is versatility. We're becoming a much more versatile team. Have you talked to anybody on the current roster about what it's like to play for Brad? Yeah, I mean, uh, and Brad, uh, and, I, and I've worked with Brad a little bit, uh, obviously, from last summer, and um, sometimes this summer he'll come in, and Jim and we'll, he'll work with a lot of younger guys, and um, I mean, he's great. He's, he's super hands-on with everybody. He, he has a good energy about him. All he's trying to do is make everybody better. Uh, seems like a great guy to me. So at the end of the season, you know, everybody's done. Everybody's, you know, undo, you know, getting their lockers cleaned out, all that stuff. Danny and Brad, did they talk to you about anything that they would like you to improve on during this couple of months where nothing's really happening? Uh, just, just to keep uh, learning, basically learning about how they want us to defend, how they want me to defend certain situations. Uh, it's more mental than anything really skill-wise and physical. You know, it's funny just to, to listen yeah. to that, just because you know you, you're you're a guy comes into the NBA a little bit older, and some of these younger guys, these 19 year olds, 18 year olds, you know, they they aren't physically ready for the, the 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 trials and tribulations, so to speak, of the NBA. When when you came in, did you find that your body was developed enough to kind of hang with everybody? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, um, like you said, I'm a little bit older guy. Um, my body kind of developed. To what it was going to be when I was in college, before I left college, and I'm um, pretty much maintaining that and getting stronger at the same time. So uh, I think I'm, I think my body's NBA right. Have Brad or Danny kind of laid out the plan they have for you? Like when, when you're like, yeah, you're going to be this guy in this system, and and this is exactly how we're going to want to use you, or is, or is their plan more like, you know, we'd like you to improve here, improve here a little bit, but the where you take that's kind of up to your own, uh, your own uh, ideas, right? Well, yeah, I mean, this year, obviously, coming in as a rookie, the roles will be limited and the opportunities will be limited. So um, I'm just going to try my best to do what they need me to do to get on the court, whether that's playing defense, making open threes, um, attacking closeouts, uh, diving on the floor, whatever they need to, for me to help win, um, I'll be willing to do. You feel like there's maybe a little logjam at the position you play? I mean, just whatever the roster is going to look like doesn't really matter right now, but it seems like regardless of what happens – there's a lot of guys that play a similar position to you or your exact position. Do you think that's a good thing, the fact that you got to overcome all these guys and show what you're really worth, or are you a little worried about the fact that with all the, the roster spots on there, a lot of it's dedicated to, to that wing position, which is where you thrive? Um, no, I'm not worried at all. I think, um, like I said earlier, I think the, the way Boston playing is a versatility route where they have a bunch of versatile players. And... Um, which means uh, it's maybe a guy that's to 
people say I'm a two or three guard. Maybe guys that are what Brad likes to call um, a wing. Um, so like, there's not really you can't really put positions on it because we'll have multiple guys who could play the two, three, and four, or even five. And so like, you can really mismatch the lineups and switch them up as 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 Brad season sees fit. So um, I think as long as I just do what I need to do, uh, take advantage of my opportunities, I'll be all right. What would you tell somebody that's like ha- that's going through a similar thing that you, that you are? Like some of these guys that get drafted late in the draft, you know, you're an example of of a guy having some success and finding some strength and finding some stability within a franchise. But it's not like that for everybody. What would you tell somebody? Like if you had. Like, let's say you, you have you and you had somebody like your, your own self like a year ago and you guys were to meet up somehow. What would you tell younger you to make you more successful? Um, I would tell younger me to just control what I can control. Um, like, and it sounds a lot easier than what it is because there's so many different things, especially when I was in college. There's so many different things like that you worry about, so many different pressures. And um, I would just, I would just say to focus on the things that you know you can handle and control. Um, whether you're not playing on the court or even if it's off the court issue with your family, girlfriend, friends, whatever it might be, brother, sister. Um, you just gotta let those things like handle themselves, and you focus on school and basketball, whatever or whatever sport it is, and. Um, I think if I if I had just focused more, then I met, my steps might have came a little bit easier, faster. Do you ever feel overwhelmed at first last year at any point where you just it's like man, there's just so much to get you know I have practice here, I got to do this here, I got to do this here, I get on a bus, got to go here, 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 and here. Do you ever feel like you were overwhelmed at any point your first year, or do you were you did you feel like you were ready? Well, I think I'm ready. Um, I've I've been I'm prepared. Or I mean, I can sit here and say I'm ready as much as I want, but who really knows? Because I've never been through it before. But um, I, I think for the most part I am ready just because um, I'm mentally prepared. Um, I'm in the best shape I've been in my life. And I don't know. I'm just ready. It's, I feel like it's my time to go. And that's going to do it for this episode of Celtic Speed here on CLNS. I want to thank Abdul Nader for joining me here today. Again, it was awesome to talk with Abdul about his story, what he's been through and how he's a better player today, thanks to the, to the Boston Celtics. Big shout-out to Larry H. Russell for letting me host this week. Uh, it was uh, a huge honor to let me uh, host this one. Big shout-out to our CEO and founder, Nick Gelso, our people behind the music, Steph Legrato and Chuck Dietz, and, of course, to Eddie Santiago, one of the staff writers for CLNS. I'm Evan Valenti. You want to hear more from me? Well, check out my podcast called Celtics Roundtable, a part of CLNS Media. You can watch us on YouTube. Give us a subscription on CLNS. And this show, folks, brought to you also by FanDuel.com. Go to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code CELTICSBEAT, again, to get a free entry into this upcoming pool. Again, you can win money for free. It's that easy. So thank you to everybody, including you guys. I love you guys. You guys are the best. And we'll be back next Sunday with more from Larry H. Russell.